and welcome to episode 112 of the Red Box Report, your weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Red Box. I'm your host Bob Fallon and with me is Joel Fallon. No relation. <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, this week we'll be reviewing Foxcatcher starring Steve Carell and Channing Tatum as well as The Way Way Back as well. Also, Steve Carell. <laughs> it's a Steve Carell kind of episode. That it is. Because <laughs> our top five is and Steve Carell movies. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. <laughs> but since it's our second recording consecutively in a row, let's just get straight into the review. Yeah, I think this one isn't quite as eventful as the whole Sundance. Yeah. A little bit more scaled back in theme, but mm-hmm. theme nonetheless. <laughs> yes, it is. Foxcatcher. This was a movie that premiered at Cannes Film Festival. We just spoke a little bit about that in the last episode, but uh, over in France, and it was highly anticipated because it originally was supposed to come out December 2013 and be a contender for the Oscars of that year, but got pushed back uh, until May of 2014, and and it got good reviews, but I feel like. They lost momentum by doing that. Yeah, it kind of flew a little under the radar yeah. at that point. And it, it has its detractors as well, but the story is of John DuPont, a true-life person, and the story is also true for the yeah, most part, as far much, as we know. If you don't know who the DuPonts are, they're closest thing to royalty in America, <laughs> like with the Vanderbilts and yeah. Rockefellers and such. But John DuPont is this weird... Neglected or coddled, however you want to look at it. He's sort of son. A he's old, but he acts like he's a young lad. Yeah, and he he is into wrestling, which his mother thinks is low. Who just thinks it's like so beneath what they should be about, and he is always looking for her acceptance and her approval. So he's trying to get her to understand his love for the sport by um, paying Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo to train at his Foxcatcher Ranch and become Olympic champions at the next, the Seoul Olympics. Yeah, it's, he's sort of trying to legitimize his interests. I yes. Guess. And he wants to be looked at as a teacher and as a coach for... For these people, even though he doesn't really know anything. <laughs> but yeah, it basically it goes from there, and it's a tragedy at the end. Yeah. Which, I mean, this is a real-life story. Obviously, we're not going to give direct spoilers, but, I mean... Yeah, going into the movie, I didn't know what it was about, but after it got going, I had sort of vaguely knew... What happens? John DuPont in... Whatnot. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get into it. But. <laughs> yeah, so Steve Carell plays John DuPont and he's in heavy makeup. Yeah, like I, I think I was telling you on the way over here, even though I knew it was a Steve Carell themed episode and all, it took me a, about a quarter of the way through the movie to it to really click that that was Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heavy makeup. It was actually kind of distracting in the beginning for me because I'm like, Wow, that's all I can focus on is this look at this way he looks. But then eventually it did fade into the background and 
Yeah, well, it just became his character. I think it was the opposite for me, like I said, because I... The realization. Sort of, yeah, I realized it was Steve Carell, and there are points in the movie where he does just look like John DuPont or whatever, and then there's other times where you kind of catch an angle where you can really see in his eyes that mm-hmm. it's Steve Carell. Yeah. And uh, Channing Tatum plays Mark Schultz, the younger brother of Mark Ruffalo's Dave Schultz, who, they both won Olympic golds, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and John tries to get Dave first to get in, or Mark and Dave to both train at his uh, ranch or whatever it is, his yeah, little home base. farm or yeah, whatever it is, yeah. Where the horses are. <laughs> Um, but only Mark accepts because he feels like he's in the shadow of his older brother all the time and he wants to make something for himself and they have an interesting relationship going forward yeah to say the least yeah um before we get into everything though what were your expectations of Foxcatcher um I didn't have a lot of expectations going in because like I said it kind of flew under the radar I didn't know exactly what it was about, but after it started, like, it kind of clicked in my head. Like, oh. I yeah. didn't I didn't realize wrestling was so much involved in what happened. Right. I had, well, I had no idea about it. Yeah. The only reason I knew was because I listened to movie podcasts and all that, and they were talking about it. And I don't care about spoilers for my, personally, so I, I knew what happened and everything. But, yeah. I was really looking forward to it because Bennett Miller is a great up-and-coming director. I know I don't know about up-and-coming. He's pretty established at this point, but his first two movies were Capote, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. And Moneyball with Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, which I love. I love Moneyball. One of my favorite sports movies. It's a, I, I enjoyed Moneyball. It was... Actually, I I just thought Brad Pitt wasn't fantastic in it. Really? I just thought Brad Pitt was sort of Brad Pitt in it, but... Works for me. They did say his um, demeanor was similar to Mm -hmm. who it was really about. Not to mention he doesn't really look... He looks nothing like that. (laughs) Yeah. I still... But it's definitely a good watch if you haven't seen it. And you like baseball whatsoever. Yeah. It's a good story. But, yeah, so I was really looking forward to Fox Kitcher. He's, he's just one of my favorite directors. He's got Channing Tatum, who I think is underrated. I actually like him a lot. I totally agree. He's Mark Ruffalo's always solid. Always. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was really looking forward to it. In the end, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I almost loved it. But it just... It was a little threw me off in the beginning because it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. But by the end, and especially the days after, when I'm just thinking back on my time watching it, I grew to appreciate it even more. Well, it's uh, it's pretty fresh in my mind. I I finished watching it today. I, like before I came over, I had started it another night, and I just didn't have the time to, to focus on a movie like that. But uh. Like I said, I didn't have much expectations going in, and I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed it, and it was on the borderline and loved it. Yeah, I'm the same way right now. Um, I just love the tone, the the mood, the atmosphere. Yeah, and how it builds. It's throughout. really dense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like Channing Tatum, like, 
Actually, I kind of want to compare him to Robert De Niro a little bit, just because he's got such good chops for comedy, and then he, he seems to play the serious guy really well, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not too much of a stretch for him to be, a, like, a brutish wrestler. Oh, no. But, man, you can just feel the turmoil inside of his head. It's just perf- directed and performed so well. Yeah, you can see it in his posture. Yeah. And every, he's his... his Shoulders are limp, but he's obviously he has a strength to him. And there's this anger in his eyes, but yet depression, like, and he's almost a little soft on the inside, like deep underneath. You can almost see that before you even really get into his character. Yeah, and it's just a very slow movie, methodical, quiet. Not like a much score, not too much dialogue. I, it's, I can't even remember a song or yeah. Yeah, a score, more so, in the background, really. It's very I just quiet. love that style. Like, Bennett Miller, he's obviously a very talented director. Great camera work, great just decision-making in when to show something, when not to. Everything just came together. Yeah. It was I'm, a well-made movie. I was really surprised how well it all... I just... I was really enjoying the movie, and then I was sort of thinking, like, I feel like this movie isn't going to come together the way I think it should, mm-hmm. and it did. It, I don't know. I, I feel like the tone of the movie really reflected where they were. Foxcatcher Farms it was quiet, but they were doing something that wasn't like it was wrestling. There's a lot of strength and yeah. effort put into it. It was, and it definitely reflected throughout the whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. The quality of the film, like, dull but sharp. Like, that sounds like a contradiction, but it's like the colors aren't bright, but it's crisp and clear. Yeah. I just, I I like the way it looks. exactly what you mean. It's, it just had a soothing quality to it, but also a sense of inevitability. There's this dark, underlying darkness. Yes, throughout the whole thing. There's just, you know something's up. Yeah. And I'm saying I knew what was hap- going to happen, but I still, sometimes, the direct, like, the movie doesn't make you feel that. Yeah, you kind of get lost in the movie to the point where you wouldn't even think. To me, there's a sense of foreboding. Like, you know it's leading up to something. Yeah, and, uh, like, Steve Carell's performance, too. I, how I didn't mention him in first place. He's, <laughs> it's a... Creepy. Yeah, it's, it's very creepy. It's not what you would expect from him, and it's it is foreboding. It's the cracks start showing more and more, but they never quite come all the way through until later on in the movie. You know, yeah. it's like you want to make fun of him, you feel bad for him. All these different emotions at the same time, you feel bad that. His mother treats him like yeah, that. And you yeah, can not see a why. Poster. That is what impressed me. You can see why he became this character, this yeah, person. Absolutely. What? One thing I didn't. Her horses. They weren't horse races. They were the trotters. I think so. And, uh, I think so. What do you call that? It's like what people question. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say Mitt Romney. I remember they made a big deal that his wife or something had these horses. Yeah. Yeah, that scene when his mother shows up at the practice and all of a sudden he's like, okay. He like blows, he tries to be the coach and she just leaves right in the middle of it. And, it's, and then he just gives up. Yeah, he just stops. It's like so awkward yet so perfect. Yeah, 
you, you almost feel for him at the same time. It's just sort of, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. His personality just sort of leaves you to be like, well, he has everything else. That... <laughs> Money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah. yeah. And you wonder if she sees wrestling as gay because he has this interesting relationship with Channing Tatum where it seems like he wants to be more affectionate than yeah than just a mentor or something but he knows maybe just from his upbringing that he can't go there or something yeah there definitely there's is something a weird about that. about that yeah and it's strange because some people would look at the the equestrian thing or whatever is like not literally but kind of figuratively the same way you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I think it is interesting that it is an Olympic sport and then he gravitated right. to a different Olympic sport it's like rebelling against yeah but it's still trying to walk in their footsteps at the same time it's... he hates and loves his mother yeah absolutely and his family you know you don't want to go against it too hardcore but in your own way, you're like sticking it to yeah. everything they stand for. <laughs> and the whole aspect of the movie that he's making a documentary of them training for the Olympics. And the documentary is all to put him in the po- most positive light possible. Yeah. But like he has that power. It kind of goes along, uh, not a spoiler, but he shows him the DuPont family history documentary and I feel like he was trying to emulate yeah but I mean it's apples and oranges I mean the DuPont family thing is they created ammunition for the revolution and became the biggest chemical company in the world and is he's it, trying is to is DuPont Jeff Gordon's yeah <laughs> they're it's car they're logo. cutting edge company they make fibers and anything you could think of right um, a scene if we're talking about that documentary inside of the film one of my favorite scenes was when Dave he finally gets brought into the mix and he brings his family to Foxcatcher and they are interviewing him for the documentary and they're saying tell us about your relationship with uh, Mr. DuPont and he's just they're like forcing him to say these things and he just is like can't do it <laughs> what do you want me to say <laughs> Well, I think it goes to, like, in the beginning, like, you can't buy him. Yeah. And I think he holds, Mr. DuPont holds on to that throughout the movie, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I not buy somebody? Yeah, exactly. It's worked my whole life. Yeah. Everyone's got a price, and it's just not, his family's just so much more important. But at the same time, his brother is his family. Yeah. True. So I feel like that's the only reason he was really there. But And again, we talked about it in the last episode with the brother relationship in Big Hero 6, but again, I feel like much different movie, obviously. Yeah. But the relationship between these brothers felt authentic. Absolutely. It's, it, when you have brothers, it's not all peaches and cream. No. You know? it's, there's rivalry, but at the same time, there's love. Yeah. It's one of those things where if someone... You could say something about your brother, but if anyone else said it, yeah. it's no good. No it's good. like a freaking... Uh, what movie? It's like... 
that's my nerd or whatever. You can't beat him up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I beat him up. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess with your brothers, you always want them to do well, but you want to do better. Mm-hmm. And the scenes with them just like wrestling on the side or so nothing to it, but it's just it's so kind of awesome. In, yeah, it's <laughs> intense, but it's not literally intense. Except when they kind of got heated at that one moment. And yeah. like headbutts him. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. But that it's realistic, you know? You, yeah. With your brother, you kind of snap. <laughs> yeah. But then, right after it, you're like... The fuck? Pick yourself up. <laughs> what, what the hell is that about? It's still your brother. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that, to me, Steve Carell is the third best performance in the movie. Yeah, it is. I think Mark Ruffalo and Channing Tatum are better. Yeah. And it's not to take anything away from Steve Carell. I just think it's just three amazing performances. And it's not like a showy thing where you know there's yelling or just intense scenes. It's just quietly amazing performances. They just really encapsulated these characters. Yeah, and I think Steve Ruffalo is just perfect. Mark that. Ruffalo. Oh yeah, I'm Steve. Yeah, I'm getting them all mixed up together. <laughs> Doppelgangers. Channing Carell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, I think he plays that character pretty well. He's like quiet, but not necessarily quiet in actions or whatnot, you know. Yeah, and the ending, obviously pretty intense. Comes almost out of nowhere, but it's... I I love when a movie makes (laughs) this kind of thing really impactful. And shows you the severity of what's going on. Oh, absolutely. And it's... It's almost nonchalant. Yeah. But I think it's very realistic because... You always hear people that go through things like that. It's like... I didn't think it was real. Yeah. Type feeling, you know what I mean? And I felt that way when I saw the scene. Even though I knew it was coming and all that. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, you're just going about your day... And it's like, whoa, boom, boom. But to the person, other person, it's like something that they planned out or something that happened in the heat. Like, for them, it's real the whole time. But for the people that are victims, yeah, it's, it's like shocking and disbelief. Why would you do this? And yeah. Yeah. And you totally feel that. Absolutely. 100%. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say. Uh, not really. I mean, like. It's a great movie. It's very interesting, but it's not really about a lot of topics. It's, it's just like a character again. Like, like a, it's really just about these three people. This moment in time, these characters, that what they went through. Yeah, and I think it's even more amazing. It's a true story. That's yeah. really kind of the cherry on top, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's probably the foundation. But one last thing I'll say, I guess, is that obviously the Steve Carell makeup is is uh a lot is good but there's even some for Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo as well which is a little more subtle to make them more oafish and yeah I didn't really notice it as much but you kind of can tell Channing Tatum's not as chiseled in his facial features as usual yeah (laughs) and uh Sienna Miller was the wife of um Dave Schultz she didn't have much to do but I felt like she was, she was okay. important still, yeah. but yeah. Her one big scene was pretty good. Yeah. At the end. I agree. And actually, her relationship with Channing Tatum 
felt real to me too. Yeah. How you will hate your brother-in-law. Like, yeah. God damn it, I have to be around this guy. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I would give it a nine, light 9 out of 10. Yeah, it's strange. I was going to say, I was torn on giving it like a solid 8.5. Yeah. I no doubt about it, where it's a light 9. Yeah. I think I would go with a light 9. Though. Yeah. And I was thinking 8.5. At right after I watched it, but the more I thought about it, it went up in my estimation. And I, with the best movies, that's what tends to happen for me. Yeah, I think the nine is just like, again, thinking afterwards that it's a true story, that this person was real, all these people were real. And I always give more credit to a movie that will stick in my crawl for like, like a movie that that's all I can think about for the next day or two. Yeah, you know. Like, I watch the movie that night, and then all day at work, I keep going back to it in my head. Not constantly, but I keep going back to it. And certain movies, like this one, it wasn't that I was thinking, ooh, what did this mean, all the plot? It was, it was just the feeling that the movie gave me, like, in just certain scenes that I'm, like, replaying and, and appreciated more. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's do Film Club segment, The Way, Way Back. The Way, Way Back. Starring Steve Carell. We try to find a Steve Carell movie that neither of us had seen that was highly regarded, but we've either seen them all or... Yeah, like I was saying, he's kind of more of a TV guy. Yeah, and I had seen Way Way Back. We talked about it on the podcast, I think, early last year. But you hadn't seen it, and we needed something. So I thought it was good enough to give a little bit of a discussion to. Yeah, I'm glad I watched it. Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell. Um, Steve Carell's not the main character. He's the asshole stepfather of uh, the kid, the main kid, who they go down to the beach, the ocean, for the summer vacation. Or was it like the whole summer? It was just for the summer, I think. Yeah. But, it was like yeah. a vacation house where they yeah, were going to yeah. live at for a couple months. And... Basically, the kid gets a job at a water park and builds... The kid's like a nerd. He's uh yeah, he essentially he's doesn't just have a lonely personality. Kid. He's lonely yeah. shy. Exactly. And he goes to work at this water park and finds himself, has fun, becomes... Can be himself and be accepted by these people. But he has to hide that when he's back at home and... Yeah. Just a coming of age movie, basically. Yeah. And it should be noted that the water park he actually works at is in the same area, but it's actually kind of a hike right. from yeah. where he actually lives. Like the one guy says, there's people that have a beach for your backyard don't make their way down here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. Did you? Yeah. Good. I, Good. Um, I could kind of relate to it. Um, maybe not all the topics at the same time period in my life, but I went through generally all of them. Yeah. Was, I've always been fairly shy to people I don't know. Yeah. Those people I do know and get along with, I'm not so much. Yeah. You know, I had a stepdad. Didn't really get along with him when I was younger. Not that he wasn't Steve Carell. <laughs> Yeah, but that beard. <laughs> he uh, he was a jerk sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, but so was I. Yeah, you know. I thought it was an interesting topic, you know. And not to mention, I like the whole summer vacation thing. I've lived 
at the beach for summers at a time a couple times. And and I understand the whole It's almost like when like you, how all the they know all the families and they've all come there the whole yeah. time. Like not when I lived at the beach but all the years going down, like grandmother had a trailer and it's the same way. It's you talk about the so and so's and the yeah. so and so you know. Yeah. And you only catch up with them with for certain periods of time once a year or but you know them real well it's strange yeah and I can compare to you when you worked at Free State it seems like to when the water park team yeah because there's a skate park right yeah in the back skate park I was building that never worked with tools in my life (laughs) I just I pretty much did whatever the boss didn't want to pay somebody that would actually charge him money for (laughs) But it was my first show when I was 14. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the movie is the water park and Sam Rockwell. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's so much charisma. If that wasn't in the movie, it really would not have been yeah. as interesting. I like the other stuff enough, too, but it, it's better than it, it's It brings more, everything else out a lot yeah. better, I think. It's a lot of fun with the water park. And, and it's a little bit of relief of the slight seriousness of the families. Yeah. It's not like a real serious movie by any means, but just the unhappiness mm-hmm. of people. Even the people that seem to be happy are kind of unhappy in a way. What's the guy... Even like all the other people that work at the water park, they're all like... Isn't one of them the dean from Community? Like yeah. They all have their own little tics and yeah. things that they do. Was a break dancing scene? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, <laughs> the funniest part to me is the cross-eyed kid. And the, uh, yeah, <laughs> I kind of like the uh, the deadhead, even though he's not even really a character. You only kind of see him from a distance generally. But mm-hmm. like his mother says drugs. I can understand that, but psychedelic music died in the sixties or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You got anything? Um, <laughs> it's just uh, I can't really think of much about the movie. It's oh yes, the love interest was my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that well, seemed very cliche and predictable. The the actual love part of it didn't really. I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't really add anything to the movie. But it just seemed like she that was is there. my favorite part of the movie. She is. So pretty, <laughs> but I heard she has a strange name. It's like Anna Sophia, but one word. Hmm. It's like something like that. Anna Sophia Rob or something like that. I was looking it up before I came over here. I was like, "Who is this girl? I've never seen her before." But yeah. she looks seemed familiar though. And she did a good enough job, but just seemed like that was only in there because it had to be in there. It yeah. didn't feel natural. It didn't seem like that was part of the story. Yeah, it it wasn't very developed. Mm-hmm. It just sort of, when there wasn't anything really else better going on in the movie, she kind of popped yeah. out. And... Seemed like it would have been better as a longer short film. Yeah, if you know what I mean. But that, that seems to happen a lot with like these Sundance movies because even Whiplash started off as a short film and then it was remade into the feature length. But a lot of times when directors do that, they're basically just keeping the same movie but put in a lot of filler yeah. to pump up the time. Yeah. I felt like that could have been the case here. I don't know. Yeah. But, I, I don't know if it just 
I just don't think it worked out the way they wanted it to. It's would like coming of age movie doesn't have like a pretty girl that kind of comes around. You know what I mean? But it yeah. just didn't. She never really came around. She was always there. You know what I mean? Like she was already the most similar to him. And these dorky guys in these movies always get someone that is out of their league. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you if it's ever gonna happen to you, it's gonna happen at that age. And it's gonna happen when you're not at home. Yeah, when you know you're kind of out of your comfort. You feel zone. like you can. Be more yourself, because, eh, I'll never see them again, or yeah. something like that. But, uh, what about the relationship between the kid and his mom? I thought that was pretty good. You could yeah, tell they pretty... were super close at one point in time, and then they've kind of fallen apart from each other because of Steve Carell's character, basically. Yeah, and I think that's a common thing that happens at that age, especially if you have parents that are, like, divorced, you're mom, dad, whatever it may be, is trying to find another love interest. They're trying to be their person, but also be they parent. Yeah. sort of forget the parenting part because you're older. Not that they're being bad parents, but they're just trying it's to... tough balancing act because yeah. you can't give too much attention to one and not the other. And you even see it with his mom. She kind of pops out and starts kind of realizing this sucks for him. Or, mm -hmm. But at that point, he's kind of liking living there more and he just doesn't like the situation they're in mm -hmm. but and then there's the whole thing with his dad he kind of wants to be with his dad but yeah although that's not really that developed in the movie either True. they just sort of mention it Sam Rockwell should be his dad yeah pretty much <laughs> he's he was really the redeeming not that the movie was bad at all but he was kind of like I was made saying, it a lot more likable. Yeah, I think I was telling you before, like just every movie Sam Rockwell's in, he brings a a life to it. Yeah, you know, it makes anything pretty much watchable because at least he's gonna come around the corner and <laughs> yeah. put his touch to it. I I did I like you mentioned the breakdancing scene. I like that, and he he kind of threw him to the wolves to see. Yeah. Well, so yeah, 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 and he, he kind of came out on top, even though he was sort of. You could have looked at it like he was embarrassed, mm -hmm. but it was it made him come out of his shell, right? Essentially. I uh, have you seen Ping Pong Summer? I haven't seen. I've seen the like first fifteen twenty minutes of it. It's another movie and, where, but I kept thinking about it. It starts the same during the car, they're go, but they're going to Ocean wagon. City, Maryland. Yeah, and. Uh, Going there for the summer, basically. Which is where I lived for yeah. the two summers I lived at the beach. And it's I would prefer... Summer, I liked both movies. I would prefer The Way Way Back. Yeah, I didn't... I heard the Ping Pong Summer is a good, was okay, okay watch. It was okay. But it's more like if you're from Maryland, exactly. you can it was weird. completely relate. And if not, then I don't It know. was just weird to see Ocean City in a movie. It's like trying to, say, pick out spots and like, oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I really wanted to watch it because they filmed part of the movie at the place I used to work. Oh, really? But I'm not quite, because I haven't seen the whole movie, I'm not quite sure if it made the cut or not. But, I mean, it's, you can't miss it if it is in the movie. Phillips, it's very, <laughs> yeah, kind of Victorian looking, I guess, but it's crazy looking on the inside. It's got like carnival horses, but... Crab shack. And all the tables are actually Singer sewing machines. 
if you look at the bottom of their tables, there's pedals for it and all the, what do you call them, the chandelier things, they're all Tiffany's and stuff. It's something you don't see in restaurants. It's, it's a very strange mix of gaudy and kind of nice, but it's a staple in Maryland, unfortunately, I guess, but. <laughs> what would you give the way, way back? I give the way, way back a seven. Yeah, that was me too. seven, it could have gone sort of either way, but I enjoyed the movie though. I, I can't quite put my finger on what I really liked about it. It's it's hard sometimes with certain movies. It's like you have no reason to really dislike it so much. But yeah, you either don't, way, it's it's a movie that's been done before essentially, but it's not a movie that's not worth watching. Yeah. All right. Steve Carell has been in every movie we've talked about. <laughs> let's let's count down our top five favorite of his movies. All right. What's your number five? My number five, I'm going to give Bruce Almighty. All right. That um, was my number five until I watched Fox Catchers. <laughs> it's now honorable mention now. I, it's more my number five because he isn't really huge 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 character in the movie yeah he's important but he has the funny scene when Jim Carrey takes over yeah his uh, monologue and it's it's really one of the first movies I really remember him or I guess maybe I noticed in the movies I feel like was that before 40 year old version or is that after actually I feel like it was a year before I could be wrong. Because I saw Bruce Almighty in the movie, and I don't go, actually, to the movies very often, so I feel like it... I feel like Bruce Almighty is 2003, and 40-Year-Old Virgin is 2004. Yeah, it has to, because it was like ninth or 10th grade, because I remember I was dating... Uh, Nicole? Nicole, and I went with her and people from my neighborhood, specifically. I think we actually snuck into the movie theater, because they oversold the people who were sitting in the aisle... So I think we just bought tickets and yeah. went in there. But I mean, Jim Carrey's great. This is one of his rare later kind of part of his career with yeah. comedy where he ended up being... It's sort of one of his last movies I really, really liked, Yeah, I guess. At least comedy. Yeah, comedy-wise. Yeah. He's, I still like him in pretty much everything he does, but... Like in Kick-Ass 2, terrible movie. His part was awesome. Uh, we'll talk about Dumber Dumber 2 in a couple weeks. Uh, even like I Love You, Philip Morris, yeah. a serious movie, or kind of dark comedy. I feel like Jim Carrey, I compare him to um, Eminem, because it's not that Eminem is a worse rapper than he used to be. He's just not relevant, really, anymore. Yeah. Like the shock factor of what he did isn't a shock anymore so it's just not it's a good that's a pretty good comparison but that's how I feel about Jim Carrey he was just sort of this time cap he was just the right person at the right time yeah. with the right comedy and it's not that he's any better or worse or whatever it's just he's just not yeah he's kind of he's worn out as welcome not even worn out as welcome but just he doesn't really have a place anymore yeah Totally. <laughs> My number five is Little Miss Sunshine. Alright. The movie, we, we just talked about it last episode. I have a feeling it's going to show up on your list. But 
one of those movies that it's just like easy to watch but and you don't even realize how serious some of the subject matter is until you really start to think about it afterwards yeah so I definitely agree with you there like I don't want to get too much into it because we talked about it yeah, in the last episode exactly but your number four my number four is going to be Fox Catcher mine too so like Let's I said I was surprised again. and all that good stuff so yeah it's just a great movie my number three, this is kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Oh, wait. It should be your turn. My bad. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> your um, number three. My number three. Kind of a guilty pleasure for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a toss-up story. I, you know what? I'm going to go with 40-year-old version. All right. I, I, this is definitely one of the movies. I thought it looked like the dumbest movie ever and then I think it was you that got me to watch it probably and Judd Apatow's first movie it was directing yeah it was really fun and it's one of those kind of quotable movies that we had a bag of sand <laughs> yeah <laughs> so stupid is it true if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah it is a just a laugh a minute basically yeah great cast great laughs uh, Paul Rudd, I love Paul Rudd and everything. Seth Rogen, it's kind of where you f- first see, or I first saw Seth Rogen. I yeah, it's where I at least first noticed those guys. Um, Jonah Hill has this one random scene, <laughs> the eBay store. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's one of those movies that's better to watch with people. Yeah, it's almost like funnier to see with somebody else. Yeah, I like some of Judd Apatow's later films a little bit better. I don't even want to say his later films like Knocked Up I like better than The Four Year Old Virgin but I think The Four Year Old Virgin is more pure comedy like yeah. a more laugh a minute but I just like the combination of comedy and a real story and Knocked Up and even funny people so A Four Year Old Virgin is going to be my number two I'll just come out and say it <laughs> but my number three is Crazy Stupid Love oh okay I, I don't think I've actually ever seen that I've... this is the one where I'm like I loved it I went to this movie since saw it with Sam and just loved it gave it 9 out of 10 I'm like man that was all one of the best romantic comedies I've seen and then I like see the reviews and I'm not alone in that company that thought it was really good but definitely one of the ones where uh seemed like the general consensus was that it was just okay or I don't know yeah it's just not, it's rare when I come out loving a, a romantic comedy and <laughs> I don't know it's but it's Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone huh. they fall in love but Steve Carell is Emma Stone's father and he becomes he's divorced living on his own he goes to a bar to try to meet with girls Ryan Gosling is this player that he meets at the bars and they like become friends and Ryan Gosling's trying to teach him up on how to get get the women and uh, Ryan Gosling ends up falling in love or dating not on about falling in love but dating Emma Stern who is Steve Carell's daughter and they don't realize it until later in the film and it's good it's at least I thought Anyway. No, I'd heard good things about it. I hadn't quite seen it myself. I just love Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I, I knew he had a little man crush on him. But 
It's all good. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> I feel like I have too many, but that's for a different time. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two. Number two. I uh, I didn't say Little Miss Sunshine, did I? No. Yeah. Okay. I just. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like, There's no way I said that already. That that was gonna be my number two. All right. Cool. Number one. My number one is. Anchorman. Anchorman. Me too. Just, there's no two A's about it. Not number two. I didn't think number two was bad, but... I like number, number two. Number... I just like... Number one's is kind of a classic to me. It might be my favorite comedy of all time. It's oh, between, really? between that and Dumb and Dumber, probably. Good, good I, it's just so quotable. And literally... Literally. I hate when people use that word all the time. <laughs> Why did I say that? Uh, every time I watch it... It doesn't get old. It gets funnier and funnier. I find new things. It's just yeah, it's similar to Dumb and Dumber. The first time yeah. I ever saw it, I was like, "That was Stupid. kind of funny." <laughs> yeah. And then the more you watch it, the more you, you just notice these and... subtle things that are happening. And yeah, Anchorman is amazing. Yeah, I highly enjoy it. every character. Like Paul Rudd. There's another one of my man crushes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Eighty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you smell like pure gasoline. <laughs> it smells uh, like Indian food, <laughs> diapers. It smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could quote it for hours. Yeah, not hours. Show <laughs> just on that, pretty much. Yeah, but any honorable mentions for old Stevie C? Um. More so just for his TV. I, the Office? I've I, never seen it. You've never seen any of The Office? <laughs> no. I mean, probably seen like a scene or two when I'm flipping channels. See, like, I feel... I didn't follow it, but I do like the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I more so... I was a huge Daily Show fan. Never really watched that either. And that's where, at, at least to my knowledge, he kind of got his start. And I used to love the Stephen and Stephen, Stephen ones, Colbert, Stephen Colbert <laughs> oh and God. him when they were both just side guys. Yeah, which that must be the best gig in comedy, really. The Daily Show. It seems like everybody that's a correspondent ends up ends up doing, doing like, something. Was uh, who's the guy that does the show on HBO? Oliver, uh, John Oliver. Yeah, was he John on Oliver. there too? Yeah, he was. Yeah, wow. that's where he got his start. Crazy. Or at least in America, for that matter. Yeah, I know he was like the Bugle or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know he did something in the UK. I'm not yeah. quite familiar about it. And there's other people, too. It's um, the other guy from Anchorman. Uh, bald guy? The sports? Yeah, Daily Show Champ as well. Kind on sports. Oh, no, not him. <laughs> not the... Uh, oh, maybe it's not Anchorman. I'm thinking of the guy uh, in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Craig Robinson? Yeah. Daily Show. <laughs> okay. He's funny. Um, I, I so couldn't name him all off the top of my head, but yeah. it, it seems pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Colbert's going to be the host of... The Late Show. The Late Show. <laughs> so, well, not to mention his own show was immensely popular. And I, I remember saw when Colbert got his own show, I was like, man, that's a little bit overkill. But <laughs> it was... It made The Daily Show be able to be more newsy and Colbert be kind of more abstract. Like, Basically, he's trying to be Bill O'Reilly. 
He's trying to be serious and conservative, but he right. means the opposite of everything that he actually says. I've only seen a tiny bit, but it is pretty good. Uh, it's going to be weird for people, I'm sure, to see him just be himself. From, yeah, from the like said, show. I think they, the they kind of killed the character. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to go by his real last name pronounced Colbert. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. That was a big joke when he started the show, was he donated all his teeth to... <laughs> Katrina relief or something like that. So it's like the Colbert Report. Yeah. Not the report. <laughs> That's funny. He's going to be the late show with Steve Colbert. But he was, Stephen Colbert wise, he wrote like a lot of like stupid Adult Swim, even on the Harvey Bird. He's got some stuff that I didn't know he was involved in earlier on that I really liked yeah. as well. That's yeah. cool. Uh,. I don't know the honorable mentions. I have Bruce Almighty, Anchorman 2, The Way Way Back, and Dan in Real Life. Which, none of those I loved, but... Yeah. They're all watchable. Yeah. I don't know. He hasn't been in a ton of movies. Yeah. And he's been in some bad ones. (laughs) Uh, What else did you watch in the past hour? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um... I well, I'll talk. I was trying to watch Exodus last night. What's that, uh, Christian Bale? Yeah, the Gods and Kings. We might be reviewing that in a few weeks. So I mean, I saw like fifteen minutes of it. I was mm-hmm. just laying down. Um, I would like to know what the actor is. He's in The Great Gatsby. Uh, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, I was interested to see him in another movie. He's a pretty good actor. He's in yeah, Warrior, Animal it. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I like Christian Bale a lot. Yeah, so. he's a great actor. I mean, One of my I'm not super into like, uh, like Bible stuff or whatnot, but it seemed like at least an interesting story, you know what I mean? So, And I heard it's very action-y. I, I haven't heard fantastic things about it. Yeah, but. I tend not to like these epics. Yeah, uh, they're all kind of one note, all kind of the same thing, and it's boring like, to me. But I know a lot of people love them. Like I got um, Alexander, which was not nearly, nearly as good as it should have been. I don't think I saw it. Um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I think Oliver Stone directed it. Or I don't it. really like Oliver Stone. It's a hit or miss guy. For yeah. Me. But it's like I didn't like it at all at first. But I used to just kind of put it on to go to sleep. I don't like sleeping in complete pitch black and no sound. It's hard for me. I don't know why. I'm kind of. I guess yeah, my graces. That's what I do with like American Idol. I'll record it and that'll be like, I'll put it on, hoping I'll fall asleep as yeah. soon as possible. But it's sort of a long, drawn out, boring movie. They actually have like an intermission, like a real Greek thing. It, it's two discs on a Blu-ray. Jesus. But I've kind of grown to like it Arabia? more and more. But. It's still not a great movie. It's just I've kind of gotten a, a little bit of an attachment for it. Yeah. Plus, I just think it's hard to miss that Alexander the Great. He is a pretty interesting person. But I like Colin Farrell. I think he's underappreciated because he gets put in some stuff that uh, when he's put in the right role, he can be really good. Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's not an underrated actor. He's just not yeah, I wouldn't say underrated. Used. Yeah. Like, he's going to be in True Detective Season 2. I feel like he could knock that out of the park. Yeah, that could be amazing. Yeah. I watched Force Majeure, which is a... I can't remember. I think it's a French film. 
Apologies, <laughs> I should have looked that up beforehand, but it's getting a ton of great notices out there. People saying it should have been nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. It's about this family, a uh, husband, wife, and two kids who go on a uh, vacation to the Swedish Alps. And it's this place where they do a simulated avalanche, like every once in a while. Jeez. But they're at, they're out uh, at this like dinner table facing the mountain, and I guess the simulated avalanche goes off, and they're like, "Oh wow, look!" And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Wait, this can't be supposed to be getting this close." And like, there's a freak thing where I don't know if it's like something went wrong or if that's just how it is, and they thought something went wrong. But the mom huddles with the two kids to protect them. And the father just books it. <laughs> and basically the whole movie is just like how that one like time, like moment uh, decision, heat of the movement decision affects the rest of their vacation and the relationship between the family. <laughs> it's actually, it is, it is really good. I thought it was a little overrated. It seemed a little drawn out beating a, a dead horse a little bit here yeah. and there, but great idea and it's actually pretty funny at times like I would recommend checking it out hmm. I didn't like it as much as I was hoping to like it though I'd yeah. give it a 7 out, like a, a solid 7 out of 10 but you're expecting a little bit more out of it it is hilarious just <laughs> that first initial like that moment he just <laughs> takes off and he's in complete denial like just denies it that it ever right. happened yeah jeez and uh yeah it's it's good. I kind of I might try to watch it again. Maybe I was just not in the best mood for it at the time. Yeah, that's like I said when I first started watching Foxcatcher, I was like, wow, I need to be in the right mindset. Yeah, there to are get movies like this that. movie. So, but yeah, force majeure. Right. Anything else for you? Um, <laughs> you should write these down. Yeah, I mean, well, I had my book. Oh yeah, that's right. I was in a rush to get over here. <laughs> I. I have a like I, I talked yeah, about yeah, it mostly yeah. in the last episode. Basically, I've been just watching trying to catch shows up. and just catching up. Yeah, I just it's a weird time at work right now for me. I work in a kind of seasonal based restaurant. It's just starting to come back, and it's very up and down. So I'll go from six days a week to three, and it's yeah having a hard time dealing with how much time I have. I don't know how much time I'll have the following week. Mm -hmm. So well, I got a couple other things. Have you seen this short uh, movie online, Power Rangers? Oh, I did see it. You did? Yeah. What did you think? It was goofy. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool, though. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I didn't realize it was a uh, kind of stab at the... Yeah, like a parody or most. Yeah. But still taking it somewhat it seriously. Dark it up, everything. Yeah. It uh, was directed by Joseph Kahn, who's actually... He made Torque and Detention, two movies that I haven't seen. Countless, countless music videos. <laughs> yeah. I listened to his appearance on the Slash Filmcast, where he was just talking about the making of the Power Rangers thing, and that's how I heard about it, and then I checked it out, and I was like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. It reminded me of uh, the Mortal Kombat one that came out yeah. a few years prior. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like a short video like movie on I believe it's on Vimeo it's called 
what is it called? Uh, controller. It's like five, six minutes, and it's amazing. Like, really? I forget what the guy's uh, name is. Another guy kind of makes more like music videos and stuff like that, but girl that can kind of control the world in a way. Sounds dumb if you explain it. It's something you just got to watch. It says put headphones on and crank it up and enjoy it. And it's definitely worth yeah. the watch. I might have to do It's kind of like if you ever heard the game Mirror's Edge, it's a little bit like that with psychic powers. and Nice. It sort of plays like a video game, but it's not like, I don't know. It's definitely worth the watch. Called Controller. Controller. Got it. Yeah, the only main reason I like the Power Rangers thing was because nostalgia. I used to be huge into the Power Rangers. Yeah. So it's like, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh yeah, Billy was the Blue Ranger. And I'm like going back through it. And the scene with the Black Ranger fighting all those guys was pretty neat. Yeah, that was, I think that was my favorite part. Yeah. I was surprised how big uh, the actors were. Yeah, James um, Vanderbeek yeah. and Billy. <laughs> The twist at the end, that was obvious. Yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy that part. Yeah. Or not that I didn't enjoy it, but it was just like, you didn't think about that that much, and you just sort of threw that in there. Yeah, and the Pink Ranger was always my favorite. Not much, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I had a crush on the Pink Ranger. Yeah. Kimberly. Kimberly. The, uh, the Yellow Ranger died in real life. Really? The Asian girl. Yeah. I think it was like a car accident or something like that. Damn. Yeah. Thanks for killing that, bud. Yeah. Well, thank you. Literally. The only other thing is I watched the first episode or two of The Last Man on Earth. I've heard of that. Fox. It's Will Forte as the last man on Earth. Like The world has ended and he's just the only person left. He's gone through state to state. It's a comedy, uh, but it's yeah. also kind of dark. He's like, goes state to state checking off, no, nobody here. And he finally figures out, yes, I am the last man, at least in the continental USA. <laughs> and then he runs into this girl. Well, and the whole time he's like, please, God, just one woman. I need a woman. And then he finds a bra and he's like, oh, my God. And it turns out to be Kristen Shaw. You probably, did you see Flight of the Concords? Uh, I've seen some. She, she was like the, the fan. The uh, I probably would. You know would know who it's it was. It's been a while since I've seen it. But it's just funny that he finds the last woman on Earth, and he they cannot stand each other. <laughs> <laughs> they hate each other. It's it's a pretty funny show. So I might give it a couple more episodes. Yeah. Oh, I actually write down one day. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll probably have more. What else we watched in the weeks coming up? At least me, when I have more time. I've literally just been... There I go again. But I've just been watching the movies that we're going to review. Yeah. I, That's all I I've really had I, time for. I had no time while you were away, I could figure. And I had nothing but it before you left. Yeah. And you got back, and I didn't have anything on my plate anymore. And yeah. And then had uh, other issues. Yeah. Not my tooth <laughs> swelling up like of ten course. times the size. My carb freaking break in and just not being able to get the movies for yeah. a little while and but we got through it we're, yeah. here. we're back baby smooth sailing now <laughs> I got some more news items I split them in half since there were so many alright uh, there's a Mike Tyson biopic coming uh, Jamie Foxx will be playing Mike Tyson 
And Martin Scorsese might be directing it. That would make me a lot more interested <laughs> yeah, if he was. I, I agree. I, I, not that I don't like Jamie Foxx, but... Loves him in Django. Him, like, just, He'd have to bulk up quite a bit. Yeah. Did you see Django Unchained? Oh, yeah. I actually watched it the other day, too. should talk to him about it. <laughs> I no, love that movie. Well, I, that was one I hadn't seen a bunch yeah. of times, so that's the only reason I didn't. I love him in that movie, but I think that's just because Tarantino make yeah. you love anybody. Yeah. But Scorsese made Raging Bull one of my favorite movies ever. So I have seen that, actually. Give him I've, another crack. I've heard nothing but good things about the that. The boxing genre. <laughs> Let's see. Speaking of Mallrats, last episode, uh, Kevin Smith has announced that he's making a sequel to Mallrats hmm. coming up. I'll have so to check the first you one. You better see the first one now. <laughs> There's some information on the Star Wars spinoff, Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, yeah, I already got a name. Rogue One. Rogue starring one. Felicity Jones, and it's going to be about bounty hunters. So probably get a Bubba oh. Fett appearance, I'm guessing. Yeah, and imagine so. It's coming out December sixteenth, two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, I I'd heard that it's a uh, loose. I know they disregarded all canon from previous, but uh, there's a couple of the games that were really popular that were about the same subject. I heard that it's going to be at least similar to it. Maybe right. not like literally, like story wise, but. Yeah, I mean, and episode eight. Rogue Squadron. Rogue, yeah, that's right, the video. Yeah. Uh, episode eight will come out in May two thousand seventeen. So that's going to be three Star Wars movies in a year and a half span. Yeah. Well, that's go from time. <laughs> go from no Star Wars movies for a long ass time to just every year there's going to be one. I hope they don't dilute it, but. Hopefully their reasoning for disregarding the old canon is to build. Yeah, I mean, I'm for it. You know, in the end, I'm for it. I'm, I know Disney is this huge corporation that seems to be buying everything, but so far they've treated it, all their properties pretty well. Yeah, they don't just... They do milk it. They're trying to make money. Yeah. But I feel like they're doing both. They're trying to make money and they're trying to make a good... Product. Yeah, I think Disney's been around long enough. And I just went to Disney happen. World, so I have a soft spot. <laughs> <laughs> they buttered me up. Tim Burton, speaking of Disney, Tim Burton is going to direct a live-action Dumbo movie. This is Disney's thing right now. Live-action yeah, weird cartoons? De yeah, live-action depictions of their cartoons. They had... What, I th were they behind Snow White and the Huntsman? But either way, I know they were behind um, right. Cinderella, which just came out. And, and they do Maleficent. Maleficent. Malice. Yeah. <laughs> and they have Beauty and the Beast coming out next year. Or I think it's 2017, but and now Dumbo. They're just going to... Aladdin. Is it, what is Aladdin next? <laughs> Lion, I wouldn't mind Aladdin. I want live action Lion King. Real lions. <laughs> the only thing about Aladdin is... Robin Williams really, really, really made the genie. that movie. Yeah, and the genie in yeah. general. Yeah. Uh, the parrot uh, is good, too. I can't think of what his name is. Off Iago? The top of my head. Iago? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Oh, I love Aladdin. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> one of my favorites. Maybe we'll have to do a top ten like animated classic Disney movies or something like that. 
We have. Have we? Yeah. Nice. But... Well, we've got a hundred episodes. Yeah. We haven't gotten through all of them. Uh, HBO Now was announced, or might even be available right now. It's, um... The standalone service. something Apple. Yeah. It's Apple exclusive for the first three months before it goes everywhere. It's about time. Yes. People have been stealing their stuff for so long, they should have done this a long time. I don't have to steal Game of Thrones anymore. Yeah. Watch. Um, I I paid for it for the first two seasons. I didn't have the money any longer to continue having... My issue, I don't think I could have gotten HBO by itself. Right. It'd be a pack. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just was like... Yeah, so. That's the thing. Like, iTunes took away from piracy of... Uh, Piracy, piracy Piracy. of of music because, hey, if you have an easy, cheap way to get it, people will pay for it. Absolutely. It's it's just availability. They act like people who download things are like evil or something. It's it's all down to availability. Like TV shows, they used to only air at certain times and they wouldn't let them re-air or watch them on demand. Yeah. People pirate it. Now there's on-demand and stuff, and you don't have to do that. For me, computer games, I used to... It's expensive to buy a computer game, $60. So I would download it first. If I liked it, I would eventually buy it. But after Steam came out, and they made games cheap and available, it's just not even worth my time downloading one anymore. Yeah. So, hopefully this is... uh, It's going to be $15 a month. What do you feel about this a la carte? I kind of like it. But a lot of people are saying, well, by the time you get Hulu Plus, Netflix, HBO, and all the other ones, you're going to be uh, paying more than you would a cable bill. But you don't have to get all the Yeah, exactly. You don't have to have Hulu You could Plus even do, I'm going to have Netflix and HBO. Well, maybe I'll cancel my Netflix for now and get Hulu Plus instead. You can mix and match it. Yeah, that's not like you... It's, you don't have like time to watch them all anyway. Like Netflix wise, what's it like ten bucks ish? Yeah, about eight to ten dollars a month. And like I had a free trial Amazon Prime. I I liked that. There's not enough at this point. There's so much original programming from Netflix that makes it so much more worth it. But in terms of the quality, the movies and shows, I thought Prime was pretty good. But Hulu Plus, I've never really used. But I, I've never been a big fan of Hulu. They, they advertised CBS it has like it was thing. this big thing, and it was I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't impressed with it. CBS has their all access for seven dollars a month. That's not bad. And you get all the back catalogs of all their stuff. That's the best part. I used like to with see- the HBO thing. You, you can watch literally everything they've ever done. That's amazing. Yeah. And they have done quite a bit of good stuff. Yeah. That I, I haven't seen. I used to say I wish I could just have like ESPN and HBO. Like, yeah. I wish I could get rid yeah. of the 400 crap I only watch like seven or eight channels. <laughs> yeah, maximum, you know? Unless yeah. it's just something on an odd channel. But Let's see. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, another one of my main crushes. <laughs> <laughs> Will star and produce a Fraggle Rock movie. Do you know what Fraggle Rock is? Yeah, I wasn't into it. I was huge into it as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, that was my thing as like an elementary school kid. Fraggle Rock. (laughs) 
I don't really remember what it was, but I just remember the theme song and uh, loving it. I just remember Grandma making me uh, peanut butter toast, butter toast, or jelly toast. That was the options. (laughs) (laughs) And then sitting there eating it and watching Fraggle Rock. I used to like uh, Inspector Gadget. Of course, the both of us, Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, I like Star Wars and all that. I I, I may have seen Fraggle Rock, but it... Yeah. escapes me <laughs> maybe I found our uh, outgoing music the theme song to Fraggle Rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the last bit of news there is a Let the Right One In TV series in development have you seen that movie Let mm. the Right One In no fantastic horror movie um, vampire movie out of Sweden yeah, well that's why I haven't seen it because it's a foreign I, language film? no because it's a horror movie oh absolutely well, it's more of an atmospheric thriller than a horror. Well, I can movie. I can do thrillers. I just horror movies are about monsters and monsters aren't real and it just doesn't click in my brain that it's very interesting. Oh. Pretty much the only reason I watch a horror movie is cuz there's probably some smoking hot girl <laughs> that's going to run into the woods naked and get killed within 30 seconds. That tends to happen. Yeah. I don't mind it. Think of Jason movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the one of Pablo Francisco? Yeah, okay. It's the same thing. Billy, is I'm gonna there? go get. I'm gonna get naked. Take a shower. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. Uh, but I would say check out Let the Right One In. It's a vampire movie with horror elements, but I if you don't like that, then it's really you're a lost cause. Because yeah. I love that. Movie. Although I mean. Monster-wise, vampires and zombies are the most plausible. And in this case, it's more of like a relationship drama because it's it's a girl, a young girl that was turned into a vampire. Well, she's not a young girl anymore, but her body is young because that's when she was turned. Yeah. And this young boy she becomes friends with. It's interesting. It's really, it's really good. I think I just the whole vampire kick people got on with the Twilight thing and just yeah. That's why I kind of disregarded vampires after that. There was, I think it was a John Carpenter movie I saw when I was younger, and that scared the bejesus out of me. But I'm just now starting to catch up on his stuff. He's good. Well, it it was legitimately legitimately scary. I thought as a kid, it terrified me. I haven't watched it. It's got to be ten years. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, in theaters. The week of the Fox Catcher was really still right back. <laughs> Chappie came out. Chappie. I, heard I terrible really want to see it, but I've heard nothing yeah. but bad things about it. It will I be love right. Neil Blomkamp, but... <laughs> really? I love District 9, hated Elysium. So I was 50-50. I thought it was, had redeemable qualities, but... Looks good. But yeah. Story. I, mean, I love how he presents things. It's his CG and how he incorporates he it needs to be miles the... above everyone else but yeah, hey. his storytelling isn't Elysium was his Halo movie basically yeah <laughs> I, I've heard that that's what it, a lot they used a lot of the concept art yeah and all that I believe it for sure Chappie will be reviewed on this podcast at some point I guarantee it yeah Unfinished Business came out with Dave Franco and Vince Vaughn it's the wacky comedy it got bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, and the second best Marigold, Marigold Hotel. Never. Sequel to 
the best merry-go-round hotel, <laughs> which is like, it's like uh, Ocean's Eleven, but with really old people. Helen Mirren, Tom Wilkinson. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. I think it's that's how it could be described. I don't know. I did see the best merry-go-round hotel, like on the background of HBO one day in the... Wasn't very interested. Yeah. <laughs> and on Redbox, in our next episode, we'll be reviewing Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, as well as The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Cannot wait to watch. Yeah. I just watched, um, rewatched the second movie. Nice. Just to make like sure I was one. nice and fresh. Yeah. For... That's a good idea. Because. I was I had to catch up in my mind at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, we'll also be doing our top five media-related movies. Journalism, TV, you know, the like. Also, Rosewater and Kill the Messenger came out on Redbox. So, as always, you can shoot us an email, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter, at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter, at the Oil Report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, and I'm on Letterboxd at The Oil Report. As always, have a nice night. Yeah.